0: Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 65. Yeah, because a lot of the struggles obviously people have is the stigma, you know, around ADHD and the label. And I mean, obviously for me, I look at it totally differently, right? I mean, it's because they are diagnosed with ADHD, I'm able to put certain things in place. But some people don't see it that way. So if they're struggling with that label piece or the stigma peas, what would you say to them?
1: I would say just consider it more your superpower mm-hmm. um, because people who have linear brains are not able to show up in certain ways that we are able to show up. So I would notice, and I will say this for me and my daughter, there are things that we are just completely rock like nobody's business, mm-hmm. right? For me, it's writing. Ironically, for me, it's organizing things as well. And I'm not sure if it's because that's how I manage my ADHD, like planning things to detail, that sort of thing. Singing and dancing. So the arts are something that just innately are in me as well as my daughter. Speaking. So any type of speaking, like I can plan for those things, but there are things that I just do on the spot. That come naturally for me. So I would just say, look to those things that you do really, really well. And when you look at those things, you're going to find out your ADHD is your superpower.
0: Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD, or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. I am Yakini. So have you ever felt like you've been absolutely alone going through this ADHD journey. I mean, I know I have. When I first started this journey, I felt like there was nobody else going through what I was going through. No one else going through the struggles that I was going through. And I felt alone. So until I found a really healthy community, I was—I just felt like I was by myself. So what I wanted to do for these episodes is bring other parents that either had ADHD themselves or had children that have ADHD or both in Tamika's case <laughs> and really dig into what their experiences are and then also talk about any tips and tricks so you'll have tools in your toolbox that you can use as you're going through your journey.
1: So welcome Tamika, I'm so excited Thank you're you here. Thank you so much, Akini. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Yay. So please tell the audience
0: a little bit about you.
1: So I am a wife, mom, mom of three, and they're but they're all what I call old and crusty at this point because um, <laughs> my kids are uh, 23, 23, and 17, so they're all older. Wow, nice. And my youngest daughter are ADHD baby. And I'm a business owner, so I um, own Allen Digital Group. So it's a boutique agency. We help um, business owners create, market, and sell online courses. Oh, nice. Um, so I've been doing this now for about six years. So I could basically work anywhere from home. That's I go nice. to a co workspace occasionally. So, But that's pretty much about me.
0: Well, very cool. So tell us a little bit about your ADHD size. So we're going to start off with you. So mm-hmm. when were you diagnosed and what type?
1: Uh, I was 39, so I'm 43 now, so it's been about four years and I am combined. So I have the entertainment of, as well as the, um, hyperactivity and the impulsive impulsivity. And, (laughs) uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a journey. It's also clarified a lot of things for me too.
0: I bet. And that's what I was going to ask you, Is how did you feel once you got that diagnosis?
1: Uh, I kind of already knew beforehand, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you may relate to this, some other people get made too as well. I didn't even think about it until my daughter was diagnosed. Yes. And yeah. um, I thought, I was like, huh, I do all that <laughs> stuff too. <laughs> I probably should get, right. and I did it just out of curiosity. I'm like, I probably should be assessed as well. And sure enough, it was, I mean, it was clear even before they came back with it, yeah. just through vicariously through my daughter.
0: And that is so funny because I felt the same way. Usually I like to blame things, but I'm like, oh, this is all me. <laughs> Both kids combined. This is all me. <laughs> that is too <laughs> funny. So what was your tipping point? So you said that you just, so basically you saw it in your daughter and the things that you saw in your daughter, you saw in yourself. So that was really your tipping point of moving forward with the diagnosis. Is that correct? So just to be clear.
1: Yes, but it took a while. So my first thought about around my daughter having ADHD Mm -hmm. um, was just, I always loved researching information. Like, so digging into things, obviously, I mean, we all like to Google, but like, I don't know about you, but I can kind of obsess over the details of information and, oh, look at this. What about this? And it actually took, at this point in time, when I was diagnosed, my daughter was 13, Okay. However, she had been diagnosed years before that.
0: Oh.
1: And um, at the time when I decided to get the assessment, she was being reassessed because we had moved. So my husband's retired Navy at the time. He was still active duty and we had moved. And because she was in a new school system, I had to get a new 504 plan. OK, so we had to go back through the, the psychological assessment, the educational assessment And this time we went through the psychological assessment. It really became clear to me. I'm like, oh my God, I do some of this stuff too. Whereas before it really hadn't clicked with me. So I would say my first recognition of her potentially having ADHD actually went back to her being like five years old. Okay. And um, I was pulling up into the driveway into our house and I I got her out, let her out of the van. She stood on the side of me, and I turned around to go get a bag. And before I knew it, she darted (laughs) off into the street. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) She darted off into the street, and she moved so fast. I literally couldn't move fast enough to catch her. And thank God, there were two women jogging in the street. And one woman, immediately, they saw what was happening. And one woman darted towards my daughter and grabbed her. And the other person, it was a car coming, another person stopped, the other jogger stopped the car. And I'm just like, like you're kind of frozen in the moment, like, oh my God, this is really happening. And after that, I was just like, what in the world caused her to dart into that street? And after that, slowly but surely, especially she got more integrated into school, the more things started happening to like, okay, I had I have a bonus son, but my oldest daughter biologically. I didn't go through any of these things with her. And I'm Mm. like, I know kids are different, but something else is going on here. Like that mother's intuition Mm -hmm. kicked in. So I just started Googling some of the stuff she was doing and everything that kept coming up to say ADHD. I was like, no, I wasn't a believer. (laughs) I wasn't a believer at all. And that was what led to her initial assessment.
0: Wow. So what other things that you, did you see during her time in school that made you say, yeah, this is ADHD, as you were looking it up?
1: Um, The impulsivity in Mm -hmm. jumping into conversations, answering before it was her turn, um, started to get notes home from the teachers. Oh, we just need her to settle down a little bit. She was extremely hyperactive, which was something I didn't have. The impulsivity, I started to notice as I got older. I didn't have the hyperactivity that she had because girlfriend was on the move. Like she... (laughs) She was a fabulous athlete, though she could move fast. The coordination was a little shaky, but um, so interrupting in conversations, hyperactivity, even from the point where she was a baby. I know people aren't diagnose that early, but I started to go back and think about things when she was a child. That I was just like, okay, where is all this coming from? She started to get into some trouble in school. Mm. Um, I don't know, even if this is ADHD related, but like consistently, she found herself in situations that had nothing to do with her. She was trying to rescue everybody Yes. (laughs) (laughs) where she's getting into trouble, getting involved in things that had nothing to do with her. And then this was the kicker, especially when she was in school that I didn't even connect this to, but it came up in her educational assessment was she was having some executive functioning issues. Okay. So when they did the educational assessment, she struggled with math really, really bad. Okay. And I remember struggling with math too in school. And when the school psychologist, when he did the educational assessment, he said, she has some executive functioning issues as well. And I didn't even know what that was, what that meant. And he said, so we gave her a sheet of math problems, just basic operation, multiplication at the time. And it was full of multiplication problems, the worksheet. And she would go through and like, every once in a while they will pop in a division problem and she would continue See, to operate like it was multiplication. Mm-hmm. And that took me back to when I was in school. I can remember being in elementary school. So I'm telling my age. We had what was called the movie room where we would go watch <laughs> film strips. <laughs> and there would be times where either my second or third grade teacher, before we could go into the movie room, you had to recite whatever tables we were working on. And I believe at the time it was multiplication. And I remember the only way, and you would have to stand in front of her in a line, right? So there are students behind you and you're standing in front of the teacher Mm -hmm. and she's calling out multiplication problems and Mm -hmm. you have to answer them. And I am like inside, I am having a complete meltdown and anxiety attack. But the only way I was able to get through it was I had to close my eyes and literally visualize the problems as she said it. And that was the way I was able to answer them.
0: That is really interesting. And for me, it's the opposite. I have struggled in writing. So I was great in math, but I couldn't even today. I am like the worst writer when it comes to grammar. <laughs> really? It is the craziest thing. So I'm a great storyteller, but but if I have to send that information to, you know, my boss, for example, I mm-hmm. always have somebody look it over before I send out the mass email Right. And that's because it's just something I've always struggled with. I have to read things like four or five times to really get the concept. And mm-hmm. all of those things I actually see in my son. So mm-hmm. I actually had to get a tutor for him to help him get through pretty similarly the things that I was struggling with. So, yeah. So that was my side. <laughs> it was I
1: was horrible. So funny because the ironic thing was, and this is me and my daughter, like we excel at writing. (laughs) Like English was like the class that if nothing else, if I can get straight A's and anything else, it was English and any kind of history. Wow. Um, But the math, I always beat myself up because math would be the one class, the reason why I didn't make the honor roll. Mm -hmm. I became seasick, if not worse um, when it came to math. So, um, so that is so interesting how it shows up so differently in everybody. Yeah, that is interesting. So what would you
0: say to women, especially black women who are struggling and we'll start with you. And I also want to know the same thing about your daughter, but what would you say to them if they're going, you know, they're on the borderline, whether they should get assessed or not?
1: I would say the same, this answer basically would be the same for women as well as um, parents who have children that they okay. think might be um, attention deficit. I would say if you're thinking about it that much, just do it because you're probably right. Um, but just to relieve any curiosity or relieve any doubt, mm-hmm. I would just say, just go ahead and do it.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of the struggles obviously people have is the stigma you know, around ADHD and the label And I mean, obviously for me, I look at it totally differently, right? I mean, it's because they are diagnosed with ADHD, I'm able to put certain things in place, but some people don't see it that way. So if they're struggling with that label piece or the stigma piece, what would you say to them?
1: I would say just consider it more your superpower Mm -hmm. Um, because people who have linear brains are not able to show up in certain ways that we are able to show up. So I would notice and I would say this for me and my daughter there are things that we are just completely rock like nobody's business, mm-hmm. right? For me it's writing. Ironically, for me it's organizing things as well. And I'm not sure if it's because that's how I manage my ADHD, like planning things to detail, that sort of thing. The singing and dancing, so the arts are something that just innately are in me as well as my daughter. Speaking, So any type of speaking, like I can plan for those things, but there are things that I just do on the spot that come naturally for me. So I would just say, look to those things that you do really, really well. And when you look at those things, you're going to find out your ADHD is your superpower mm-hmm. in regard to those things.
0: I love that. So what strategies have you put in place for yourself, you know, as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, how do you manage all of that with your ADHD?
1: I love Asana. So for as a business owner, I have uh, Asana projects because what I do also entails of a lot of project management, ironically. And so for a long time, especially after I was officially diagnosed, I was really afraid to talk to people about that because they're thinking, well, how would you keep things organized in regards to this project? But actually, there are no issues there. Um, because I'm able, I have systems in place like using Asana projects um, for things I need to do in my business as well as um, client projects. In my personal life, it is using apps that allow me to have tasks in them Okay. Um. So this app that I'm loving now that I've been using for a while is called Pocket Lists. Mm, okay. Um. And so I subscribe to the premium version. I think it's like thirty bucks for a year. Okay. But and I'm able to share this with my husband too because we think he's unofficially <laughs> ADHD as well. So his obviously shows up different as well. But for me, I'm able to keep these lists. So for instance, I have things on here like um, when it's time to do laundry, when it's time to get groceries. I check my financial budget daily. I also have a weekly budget check that I do. So anything that comes up that I need to do in my personal life, you better believe it's going in this app. Mm-hmm. And I get notified about that. And it just really keeps me on track. So for me, it's all about lists and keeping things written down. If it's not in an app, or in Asana or my calendar, I can promise you it's not getting done.
0: Mm, mm. So the pocket list, that's really interesting. So it does notify you. You said it, it gives you a notification on your phone saying that you need to get this done or this is coming up almost like mm-hmm. a project.
1: Mm-hmm. That yep. is really that's neat. exactly what it does. And I really, like said, for some people, they'd be like, oh, that's easy. But for me, I've learned that um, visual things help me. Mm. Audio things, not so much. So if I am, like, for instance, I could probably go and listen to your podcast all day long because it's something that is interesting to me and something I completely understand. But if it's something I'm trying to wrap my head around, if we were standing face-to-face talking and you're talking to me about this thing I'm trying to wrap around in my head, I'm going to drop off because I'm trying to keep up processing what you're saying I will be better off by knowing what we're going to talk about. And then I can go and read about it and understanding and process it. Gotcha. Um, So on the spot, things like that, I really don't work as well with. I have to go back and process it and then come back and talk about it.
0: That is really interesting. That is really interesting. So for your daughter, how do you help her in terms of putting things in place? And not just at home, but what do you guys have in place for the 504 at school?
1: So actually this year is going to be the first year since her diagnosis that she's not had a 504 plan. Oh. here's why, because she's a senior. Okay. And so she's planning to go to school to be a music teacher um, because she loves music. She actually loves working with kids as well. And then she wants to work on her music career on the side. Okay. And the reason why we don't have one this year is because I found out that college and universities do not have to, honor, are not required to honor any type of 504 plan. More than likely they won't. But instead, I'm working on helping her be an advocate for herself, mm. so that she can speak up and know that it's okay. You don't have to be fearful of letting people know. You know that maybe this is something that you're having trouble with, and you need a little extra help. And letting them know the reason why. Right. Mm. Um, and I'm more than sure that you know college professors and um, instructors will be more than happy to help her in that regard and connect her with resources.
0: That is really interesting. So for the past, just so the audience gets an idea, what are some of the things that you did have in the 504 for her?
1: So in the 504 plan over the years, there have been extra time for tests or exams, also extra help in the classroom. So more than likely every consistently there was, she received special education services, meaning that a special education teacher would come into the classroom with her and a group of other kids who were in that same category. And help them. So that was almost a guarantee with math. Mm. And they would help that way. And it's so funny because consistently her math teachers over the years, she would sit in the classroom like, I'm so lost right now. And that special education teacher would come in. And the kids didn't know that's what it was. They just thought they were just getting extra help. Mm-hmm. Would come in and she would be able to understand them immediately. Like the way that they taught it to her, she was able to take it in. Like, oh, that's how that is. What else will come with the, um, I would say those are the two biggest things, okay. um, over the years that, that really have helped her having right. a little bit more time, because when you have attention deficit for us, anxiety comes with that as well. There's almost something else that comes with, the, <laughs> with yeah. ADHD. And one of the things that really helped in regard to that, um, having that 504 plan for extra time was because. They could be taking a test and she would look up and start to see kids get up because they're finished. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden she's anxious because she's like, I got to hurry up and finish. And in the meantime, she's making mistakes because right. she's anxious and she's rushing. Yeah. So having that extra time and even sometimes taking the exam away from the other students was helpful as well.
0: Love that. And what did you do for her at home?
1: Um, At home, so homework time was always a little bit of a challenge. (laughs) (laughs) So I would, when she got home, instead of having her immediately go to homework, the first hour, she would take a break and just kind of relax and decompress from the day. And then from there, I would help her get organized as far as um, what my friends over the the UK say, eat that frog and start with the harder things first. Mm. So more than likely, that would always be math first. And then from there, go down to the subject that were a little bit easier for her. And at home, my husband has been an enormous resource because he's a freaking math whiz. Nice. And ironically, he also can teach her to the point where she understands. Um, And so for that reason, you know, we've never had to get a math tutor.
0: Oh, that is awesome. You know, it's really interesting how, and we talk about this all the time, if school systems are willing to teach people as if everybody's neurodiverse, I mean, it's not like they are falling behind because they're being taught different. They're just being taught differently, right? Mm -hmm. Then everybody would get the concept and then they can move forward. In Texas, are you using Common Core right now? Yeah. 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 And so when they moved to Common Core, it was just like the craziest thing for them. And being able to break it down the way that however you want to say the plan was laid out, it was really hard. It was really hard for them. But when I would teach
1: them just really simple math,
0: <laughs> they're like, why can't we do it like this all the
1: time? Yes. <laughs> yes. And the funny thing is, especially with us having moved a few times because mm-hmm. my husband Zach active duty, I would say I can clearly remember a school system that whatever we needed, like there was no fight. There was no struggle. Mm-hmm immediately, like, there's a school district in Florida. That was a dream. Like, I'm like, oh, I wish we could have been here all 12 years. And there was another one in North Carolina. was probably the worst experience I've ever had. Mm. When I go back and think about that, I would even say borderline discrimination. Wow. Just um, not, even though the, the school psychologist completely, the school psychologist, and ironically, one of her math teachers at the time, was totally on board. But the administration, we couldn't get them on board. They were completely pushed back and, and that's when I had to go back and educate as far myself, as far as the rights I had in reference. Cause this was a public school, the rights we had in regard to, you know, we have the documentation to accommodate her. Like I literally had to go into a full on battle with that particular school system. And so, which made me totally grateful when we got to Florida and the school district we were in that they were just, there was no struggle. They were like, whatever she needs, we got it. Let us know.
0: Wow. That is awesome. So as you've been traveling through your journey, what type of resources have you used? So whether it be books, YouTube channels, podcasts, I mean, what has helped you along the way?
1: Actually, when I looked at that question, I'm like, you know what? I really don't follow a lot of ADHD resources. Mm. Quite honestly, if anything else, I look to resources that are going to just help me organize or do things Mm. better um, and more efficiently. And I adapt it to the way that that works for me. And I just go from there. So that's how I you know, just thought about with Asana, I'm like, I just need to treat my own stuff like it's <laughs> like it's a client project, right? Or just finding apps like this pocket list to help me just keep things organized. So I would say more of productivity resources okay. I look to. Um, so I've tried different things and I don't know if you've heard about this in business, but there's an app called ClickUp. That's kind of like another version of Asana. It's great for like project management. And you know what? I tried it and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Okay. I couldn't wrap my head around it, or for me also just learning to let go of things that don't work for my brain. Right. So for some reason, Apple products are perfect for me. They sync together. They're intuitive. Android products, I can't get with them. Like, I I struggle too much to try to get things done. And the same thing for Instagram, I could not wrap my head around. Instagram. Really, that is yes. Really I'm completely tech savvy. It makes me feel very overwhelmed. Mm. And that's the first time I've ever felt that way about a social media platform. So I just let it go. And I said, you know what? If that doesn't work for my brain, I'm not going to use it. Yeah. And
0: that's how I am about TikTok. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> you know what it is? Is because I'm trying to make these videos that either are well, that means something to people, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's a perfection thing or just wanting to get it right so it comes across okay. So I end up taping it like, you know, 50 times and after a while I'm like, forget it. <laughs> <I'm>
1: like <laughs> I have like five videos up. <laughs> I hear you. I, I I just, as far as TikTok, I just refuse to go on the social media platform. <laughs> I don't need any more distractions. I have to manage that as, well as it is. And I'm just like, I'm good. I'm not getting on a, another social media platform.
0: That is hilarious. Um, have you heard of
1: monday.com? I have, and I what? haven't tried it yet. Oh, okay. Actually. I was just curious
0: what your thoughts were around that. No, I haven't tried it yet. Have okay. you? We're using it. We just started using it at work. So we haven't dug into it completely. But mm-hmm. to your point, I'm using Asana, just started using Asana for my business. And it does flow a lot easier than I think monday.com does, but everybody's
1: it. Gotcha. So yeah. 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 I've heard some people rave about monday.com. I haven't I used it just because, just because Asana works for me. I just feel like at this point, right. I'm not going to try anything else if it's still working for me. All right, very cool. So, if people
0: have any questions for you, want to reach out to you, how can they get hold of you, Tamika?
1: I'm on Facebook. I'm also on YouTube and LinkedIn. Um, so they could go ahead. They could reach out to me in one of those ways if they ever had questions, or I completely understand how it is trying to navigate life with ADHD and and feeling like you're alone, or just feeling like, am I crazy? Right. So if people have questions, they can reach out to me on any of those platforms.
0: And what is your handle so they can look you up easily?
1: On uh, Facebook, it's um, Allen Digital Group and as well on um, LinkedIn. So you can either search by Allen Digital Group or just by Tamika Allen. And then also on YouTube, either one, Tamika Allen or Allen Digital Group, either one will come up for me too. Perfect. So any last closing words, anything
0: that you wanted to say that we may have missed uh, for the parents? Or to the
1: parents? I would just say, just embrace the journey. Take it one day at a time. Don't beat yourself up. Celebrate the small wins and just enjoy the ride along the way. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Tamika. That was awesome. Thank you for coming
0: on. That was really, really good.
1: Thank you so much for reaching out. Um, I just figure at this point, if I just help one person, it's all worth it.
0: That is very cool.
1: Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.